Locksmith Talk with Aloha is supported by Security Pro Supply. What is Security Pro Supply? Well, it's the new parent brand for HL Flake International Key Supply, HE Mitchell, and McDonald Dash Companies. While these great company names will continue to live on, associating them together under the Security Pro Supply parent brand allows them to communicate a unified mission, which is to help you, the security professional, be successful. We'd also like to thank HL Flake and Security Pro Supply for partnering with Aloha to promote ongoing virtual education via webinars. It's certainly been an eventful year, but thanks to HL Flake, Security Pro Supply, and Aloha, educational opportunities have remained available for security professionals around the world. For more information about these webinars, please visit aloha.org. Speaking of websites, visit Security Pro Supply's website, securityprosupply.com. There you will find links to the exciting company's e-commerce sites. You can also take a moment to explore their growing library of educational resources, including the listing of all webinars being offered through Aloha. Once again, that is securityprosupply.com. Welcome to Locksmith Talk with Aloha. I'm your podcast host, William Link. Locksmith Talk with Aloha today features the topic, Locksmithing During a Pandemic. Greg Parks discusses the challenges that locksmiths face during the COVID-19 pandemic and how they can best navigate them. Our guest, Greg Parks, was born and raised in the Chicago area. He is a graduate of Northern Illinois University, earning a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management with emphasis in Human Resource Management and Economics. Post-graduation, Greg was employed with two regional retail companies and then moved to sunny San Diego in 1980. Greg started a one-man operation kiosk way back in 1983 named Accurate Security Pros. Now, Accurate Security Pros has a current staff of 21, securing the Southern California region with electronic as well as mechanical security hardware solutions. Greg, a CRL, has been an Aloha member since 1989, a SAPTA member since 2010, and a qualifying contractor for locksmith, low voltage, and alarm licenses with the state of California. Additionally, Greg has been on the Aloha Board of Directors as the Southwest Director 2006 through 2013. He's also served on the Aloha Keynotes Editorial Advisory Board and on the Aloha Security Leaders Conference Committee. Greg has been married to Denise for eight years and they are blessed with four adult children and two grandchildren. So good morning, Greg. How you doing? Morning, Bill. Doing great. Good to talk with you. Excellent, excellent to have you on. So, Greg, before we dive into the COVID-19 pandemic, let's go a bit back in time. We're not far removed from the Great Recession of 2008. 
Now, most of our listeners were in business during that time, so it's still very fresh in their memory. What similarities does that recession and this pandemic share for locksmith businesses in terms of impact? Take it away, Greg. Oh, thanks, Bill. Um, you know, the 2008 downturn was really major. Um, similar to now, it things stopped all of a sudden in the mid-March. We got to, in California, we got from the governor, you know, we're shutting down, we're closing up. Right. And everybody was at a standstill. <clears throat> we didn't, you know, uh, instantly we had to try to figure out what the heck we were going to be doing. Uh, within about 24 hours, uh, we established that locksmiths were an essential business, so we could stay open. But we had to figure out how we were going to run our crews and actually continue in business. Um, it, it, back in 2008, business slowed down at the same time. It, it hit, hit everybody. So you're, you're scrambling, thinking, how long can I stay open if this continues? Mm -hmm. uh, the whole population was was questioning. Uh, home prices were dropping. Um, the, the business bankruptcies were going way up. Unemployment shot up overnight. Um, and and every, every, everybody was in a panic. Right. Oh, I remember that clearly. So now, uh, now that we've got our own little pandemic going on in uh, 2020, we're finding where the downturn has usually been in specific verticals. We've been hit. Can you explain what you mean by in specific verticals? In San Diego, tourism is big. So the tourism industry, the hotels, the restaurants, the airlines, the convention centers, they are so far down. I mean, it, it has hit them big time. Mm -hmm. Basically, they have had no year. Uh, the restaurants get opened up. Uh, then two weeks later, they're told they need to shut down. Um, this has been going on. I don't know how they're keeping their doors open. Um, we are blessed, I guess, in a way that our home prices are are still up. Uh, during 2008, the home prices went down about a third, um, 40%, maybe 50% in some cases. Uh, but right now, they're actually increasing. Uh, with the number of people that are working from home, uh, people are looking at their homes more as a castle, of, as a fortress, uh, something of value that they can create their own environment and keep it safe. So homes are, are popular right now. And with the interest rates as low as they are, it's more affordable. The uh, consumer spending has gone back up after that initial uh, second quarter uh, downturn, that has picked back up. Um, but uh, we're going into our next phase now as a lot of the country is where uh, they're doing temporary shutdowns. And it'll be interesting to see what happens over the Christmas season, how that's affecting the overall spending for retail, which is so important for their overall year. Uh, I say like 90% of their um, sales are during the, you know, the Thanksgiving through the first of the year uh, term. So if it's, uh, if it's down significantly this year, that's going to have a major effect on all retail. 
Our business spending is good overall, um, and, and that's picked back up. Uh, but we have questions, of course, going forward. How long is this going to last? And when things will pick back up to normal, whatever that is anymore. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Our government spending uh, has been good overall, but I know on the local level, we're concerned that um, their budgets have been used for other things, um, taking care of their employees. Uh, the schools had to uh, come up with systems to teach online, uh, put resources in those areas. Um, they burned their budgets, uh, not for what was intended. And so there's, there's worry that there's going to be shortfalls in the next year or so mm -hmm. until they can get caught up. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. There's a new bill out now um, that Congress is currently voting on. Uh, we'll see what happens with that if they're going to be getting subsidies from the federal government to help fill their budgets again. Sure. Um, we're also seeing with uh, high tech, such as Tesla and Oracle, recently they both announced that they were moving from California to Texas. Um, for, for various reasons, but primarily uh, uh, money. It's, it's, it's taxes, it's home prices, it's the cost of payroll. Uh, so we're just going to be seeing some large shifts of uh, quality, high-paying jobs uh, to Texas. And there may be other shifts around the country now that we're seeing all this work from home where workers, employees do not have to be residing close to where the headquarters is. They could be just about anywhere in the country for a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of jobs. Uh, there's so much work that's done online that they're free to live anywhere. And if there's a, say a, a department meeting, they could commute in if need be. So there's some changes going on. Right. It's interesting also what you're saying is true on this side of the country. Uh, I'm in metro Detroit, suburban Detroit, and just exactly the things you were saying, our home values are going up uh, slowly but surely. Uh, so, yes, that that's very true. And the restaurants are opening, closing right now. They're they're all closed. Certain things are open. Restaurants are not. So there's impact there. So the same things that you're saying for your side of the country are definitely hap happening here on this side of the country as well. So, Greg, let me ask you this. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, the recession and then how the pandemic is affecting us. How would you say those two things are different? How we reacted to the recession of 2008 and how we're reacting now to the pandemic? With the downturn in 2008, that was that was more closely uh, in line with uh, downturns from the past. Uh, it tends to be longer term. The when things start picking up, your your stock market might may jump up, but the jobs kind of come back slowly. Uh, it's a building process over a number of years. Um, with the pandemic. I believe it was more sudden. Uh, uh, most companies were doing very well uh, in preceding years and the beginning of this year. Um, and it was just all of a sudden, boom, no more travel. Um, you got to worry about uh, 
personal safety for yourself and your employees. Um, everybody went home. <laughs> you may have an appointment with somebody on Monday, but guess what? They're not there. You better call ahead. So I, I guess with the our current situation, we're hoping that it is not going to last an extensive period of time like, like in a recession. And we're looking for the um, some some kind of catalyst to get things moving again. I believe it's when people feel safe to go out and return to normal activities that that will pick up again. Well, Greg, uncertain times are not unheard of, whether it's economic or political or even a natural disaster. What are some of the tried and true measures that locksmiths could use to help weather any of these storms? Good question, Bill. Um, we really need to look at what's important to us. Of course, it's our families, our homes. But if, as far as our business goes, we have specific things that, that are important. Um, whether we're working mobile or working in an office, we do carry some, um, we have resources available to us and we need to take care of them. Um, if we're carrying inventory, we should look, you know, do we actually need to carry the, the same quantities of products if sales have slowed down? Um, we should look to reduce those order points, keep it at a lower base um, to, save, to save money. We look, need to look at uh, ongoing expenses. Where can we trim back? Are these things we actually need or just things that I want and would be cool to have? Um, with any savings that we have, we, we need to make sure that we've got backup of, of, of funds, of cash. We need to save anything that we can because if, if there is a significant downturn in your um, earnings, and your expenses stay the same, you're going backwards. We're working for free or losing money. Um, we need to stay close to our customers. They're scared. We may not know what's happening in their lives. Um, they need to know that we are available for them. And then um, I also believe it's very important to do one-on-one -on -one phone calls, emails, Find out where they're at and ask them for referrals. As your business volume goes down, uh, just look at look at that as an opportunity, possibly to gain market share. Um, some of the other security providers in town may not be, you know, as as healthy as your company, and they may not be keeping their promises. And that could be an opportunity for you to help the out the customers out and gain them as customers long-term for yourself. What other thing you can look at if you see people moving out of your complex where your, your shop is, your offices, your landlord is probably getting scared too because that's his income. They need that income to pay their mortgages too. It might be a good time for you to ask about renegotiating your lease if you need to cut expenses there. Um, I've, I've done it twice in the past and both times have been successful in getting some, some adjustments and I was happy I did it because we're looking long-term too. And so is the 
landlord. If they feel you're you're a, a good business, a good you know person to have there, to have you locked in, that's valuable to them. And they're willing to make some adjustments. One thing, I, I listened to everything you said there, and I, I really can appreciate the fact that you you emphasize communication with your customers. You know, nobody likes to receive a bunch of junk mail from anyone all the time, but to show a customer you truly care to make sure everything's okay for them without necessarily giving them a hard sell on something, I think is very, very important. What, what Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I, you know, business is, is about relationships and they need to know that they can count on you just by you calling just to see how they're doing. I mean, it's not like, what can I sell you today? Absolutely not. It's how are you guys doing? Want to know if you, if you, if you need anything from us? Um, is your staff there, you know, working full time? Uh, do you have any special needs right now? If you need us in the future, call at any time. 24-7, we'll answer the phone, and, and we'll get out there and take care of it for you. Great. Speaking toward communication, we had three wonderful podcasts with Guy Robinson talking about communication. So any listener who has not heard those podcasts, you might want to go back to those because he gives some great, great advice on how to communicate and how to listen. So that might be something for our listeners to go back on to help you in your personal business uh, endeavors. Now, I, I was going to say, Bill, I agree. I listened and I learned from God. Uh -huh. Fantastic. Okay, now, Greg, challenges. Walk us through some of the unique challenges that locksmiths face with COVID-19 along with poten uh, potential solutions to those challenges? Well, we've got the big virus going on. Um, as soon as it started, we came up with a plan to split our staff so that if we found out some member of our staff, one of the employees uh, contracted the virus, that it wouldn't spread throughout the whole company. Okay. We kept our outside service techs away from the office. Um, everything was done by, by, by phone or by text, sending out the jobs. Uh, we do electronic billing through in, in, uh, in the vans on our smartphones. So uh, they stayed away from the support staff. Um, anytime they had to come by the office for, for parts materials, those materials were placed on a cart and they were placed right inside the back door of our warehouse and they would enter, pick up their parts and leave. And so they, they stepped inside six feet and that was it. And they left and there were no support staff interacting with them in close proximity. Um, most of the uh, support staff work in their office space. Uh, we reduced the amount of uh, interaction of course, we have phones, we can have a conversation, but they were not sitting next to us at a desk. Uh, we have a conference room. Well, we stopped using the conference room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of keep people, people spread out. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the technicians going out in the field, we're worried about their personal safety. So we got them masked up, gloved up with disinfectants, our 
clients, I'm sure, were concerned possibly that that we were healthy and that we were respectful of their environment, that we were coming out there, touching their door locks, their doors, their their frames, uh, et cetera. So mm -hmm. made sure that everybody was equipped with disinfectants when they arrived right in the job site, um, talk to the end user, explain to them what our procedures are. We cleaned all the work surfaces prior to touching them. Uh, we did our work and then before leaving, we cleaned them again. So it was in and out, we disinfected everything that we were touching. Great. And again, our, our invoices that were, were done electronically, they were sent direct to you know, customers' emails. So there was less touching there, less, uh, you know, passing pens back and forth. You know, one thing you said, Greg, that kind of struck me uh, is that you said you had a plan. And one of my favorite adages is a ship at sea with no helmsman is at the mercy of the sea. If a business doesn't have a plan, it's really not going to necessarily go anywhere. And you sat down and created a plan so that you can effectively work that plan. And so many businesses don't have plans. Uh, what would your advice be to other businesses as far as planning these situations out ahead of time? Well, that's true. That's very important. Um, there's this saying that if you're not improving and growing, you're actually going backwards. And that's just, there's no in-between on it. You're either making plans, you have goals, you're moving forward, or you're slipping back. That's the bottom line. Uh, we need to all really continue to learn. Even though funds might be tight, there's ways you could do it on a budget. I mean, you, you can buy a book, you can, you can do online learning, um, you could do cross-training within your organization. You can do independent study. There's there's so many different ways that we can continue to learn. And it's not just the from the technical aspect of it, but it could also be for how to, how to better run your business or work with employees or, or work with your customers. Um, at Accurate, we've got, gotten involved in networking groups during uh, uh, this pandemic, and we're sharing information with, with other owners from around the country. Uh, you know, what are you doing? What's working for you? Just, just so we can come up with some new ideas, something, you know, better practice that we can do to, to help us survive and, and grow. How, how has that worked for you? Uh, it, it's, been, it's been invaluable. And it's, it's, there's so many creative people in this industry. Um, overall, I'd say I, I, I enjoy locksmiths. They're hardworking people. They care about their customers. And they get creative. I mean, we're, we're small business owners. We, we've, we've got to think on our feet. We've got to come up with solutions. Um, you know, some of the things that we were selling a year ago aren't selling now, but now we've got new opportunities. We've got the, you know, the antimicrobial metals available. Uh, we've got the, all these touchless devices. Uh, door operators are huge. They're being requested by all these uh, property managers and, and large buildings. Um, there's opportunities out there for everyone. So as far as growing sales, we may be down in one area, 
but there's other areas that we can grow in. Um, a lot of you know, uh, businesses don't know that we provide these things or that they're even available. By us just having a conversation with them, we could, might just mention that this is available or maybe sending out, sending out emails. So it's, it's not like a sales call. You're just sending out information from an educational aspect, how to help others. And that will help in growth too. We want to take a moment to thank Security Pro Supply again for supporting Locksmith Talk with Aloha. Security Pro Supply is the new parent brand for HL Flake, International Key Supply, H.E. Mitchell, and McDonald Dash companies. These great companies have been in business for many years and continue to support the industry that they serve. While the existing company names will continue to live on, associating them together under the Security Pro Supply parent brand allows them to communicate a unified mission, which is to help you, the security professional, be successful. One of the main ways they live up to this mission is by offering an incredibly broad selection. One call to any of the Security Pro Supply companies gives you access to over 45,000 items that are in stock and ready to ship to you. This selection covers both mechanical and electronic hardware, as well as a huge selection of OEM and aftermarket automotive keys and remotes. Even better, Security Pro Supply companies have a wide footprint with five convenient locations across the U.S. Houston, Texas, New York, New York, Memphis, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Florida, and Portland, Oregon. Security Pro Supply, one of the supplier that is truly offering a full line of security products to the security professional. Visit them at securityprosupply.com. There you will find links to the existing company's e-commerce sites. You can also take a moment to explore their growing library of educational resources, including the listing of all webinars being offered through Aloha. Once again, that is securityprosupply.com. You know, Greg, I've always felt that networking can be a very valuable tool for any business. Uh, give us a few ways that a locksmith can actually network to help out in this kind of a situation. You could have a, you could have a Zoom meeting. Uh, a lot of people are doing that right now, getting groups together on an ongoing basis. Uh, it's nice to have a set topic. That way, mm -hmm. uh, people that are participating kind of know uh, can think ahead of time and and try to look for some some real gems, some real worth to bring to the table and share. Um, uh, other uh, areas we look at measurements, how to measure our business. And so we can kind of see how we stack up. Maybe we're, we're low in a certain area, but high in another. So we can share or receive information that would be helpful. Would you include in your networking groups, things like uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, associations, uh, any other ideas there? Absolutely. There's, you know, it could be a small business group in, in, in your community um, that, you know, in, in future years, you, you met once a week or once a month, a group of people. It's, it's healthy to have people from outside the locksmith industry uh, participating. So you, you can hear their viewpoint and hear what is concerning to them and 
hear also what's working for them. Now, you, you touched on something there um, about the idea of growing. So let me throw out this, this tougher question. Growing a business and offering new services can be a risky endeavor, even without a pandemic. So the question is, is now the best time to hold off on growth? Or is this a great time to branch out and expand? And if the latter is true, what are some of the areas that locksmiths could grow or things they could begin offering? It's always a great time to grow. <laughs> always. doesn't matter if business is good or business is slow. If we can look at the business from two different sides, there's the immediate income, you know, how many calls we're getting a day and what types of products and services we're selling. Sure. And then there's also our group, our staff, how strong are we? How, how smart are we? How skilled are we? What things we can add to our repertoire to offer the end users? Um, you may have one person on staff that does your electronics. Well, how about you know looking at cross-training? Let's getting uh, a couple other people up to speed on that. Or maybe, maybe the whole group. They don't have to be experts at it, but it sure would help if they could uh, be an assistant on a project or go out to a, a job and, and troubleshoot, try to identify the areas where the problem is coming from, and then come back with the, the expert to actually do the final install or, or fix on it. But we can usually narrow it down. Locksmiths are a smart group, and we can kind of figure things out, you know, on, on I want to say on the fly, but it's it's from all of our experiences that we've had mm -hmm. that we're able to um, break things down, try to figure out if it's mechanical or electronic, uh, try to figure out if it's the user um, problem or not, <laughs> or an education right. side of it. There are those locksmith owners who say, well, you know, right now, our sales are down. Maybe this isn't the best time to start a new promotion or offer a new line. We should just wait and hold off. So from what you're saying, that necessarily isn't true. Is that correct thinking? This, that's true. There, in order to start a marketing program for a new product you want to offer, you really don't have to spend a lot of money on it. Not, not today. There's so many different avenues to go down. Uh, there are those one-on-one -on -one calls. Pick out your top 20 customers and give them a call or stop by. Um, make an appointment with them. Just say, hey, I just want to stop by and say hello. Do you have 15 minutes for me? And make those calls. You, you, may, you may be slow right now and, and your day is only half full. Use that time. Uh, we also gather, you know, emails, direct emails for our, our you know, uh, decision makers, facility managers, the property managers. But to, you can put together a nice electronic presentation, education again, um, that you could send to them. And it doesn't have to be a sales pitch. You could, don't have to say, you know, now on sale for only for the next 30 days. You don't have to do that. Just send them the information and make it show where it will help them and 
when the time comes, they may say, you know what? I know Accurate's got that. I'm going to give them a call. I, I saw mm -hmm. that they carried that part. And or they could share with somebody else in their industry, say, I know a guy that does that and give you a referral on it. It really doesn't cost you any money. It just would be your some of your time. But it's valuable. It's, it's time that's used well. And we'll bring value back to you. If a locksmith owner wanted to start a promotion, what are some ways that he can promote his business if he did have a little bit of a budget to spend some money? What seems to work? Well, Bill, I would advise against getting large yellow page ads. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that ship sailed a long time ago. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. Um, I'm a proponent of the individual relationships. Um, the easiest sales are to your current customers, customer base. Mm -hmm. I would, if especially if, if budgets are a uh, concern, I would certainly approach them first. You're doing them a favor by showing them other things that you could solve for them. They may have pain, uh, pain points. The second area would be referrals. That's, that's the second uh, largest area that we get our, our customers from is referrals. Then it's not a cold call. Uh, a friend said, hey, yeah, call these guys. I love them. Been, they've, they've been doing my work for 20 years. They do great work. You can trust them. And so many locksmiths depend on that. And that's a great way to get business. Yes. That's to, so to me, anytime I would go out on a service call, I'm always asking for that. You know, they say salespeople ask for the sale. What I want is I want your trust and your confidence. And the only way that our company can grow is if we make you happy and possibly you refer us to someone else that we can help too. And I would always give, you know, a company brochure, extra cards. And please, if you have a friend that could use our services, I'd really appreciate it if you might pass on our information to them. I want to ask them straight out, please do this. It's like we're, everybody wants to ask for um, reviews now, which are huge online because everybody checks online to see if you're a credible business or, or yes. your five-star company or a, a two, three-star uh, that they want to stay away from. Well, having those referrals are great too. Uh, people share, they share a lot. Um, San Diego is a large town, but it's actually a small town at heart. And the different circles of industries, whether it's um, defense contractors or uh, property managers, um, you know, uh, retail, they, they, they swim in, in groups. They swim in ponds and they share things with their uh, counterparts in their, and they share all the time. So if you are satisfying these people already, they would be happy to refer you to them. And what do you feel is the impact uh, on using social media uh, for advertising, promotions, expansion? Well, that's an important way to do it these days. Uh, I believe it's important not to be too much out there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we have experienced where you've got the same company sending you the same message, you know, daily or weekly. And it's just right. Like, you don't want to uh-huh. even read it anymore. They could be bringing something good to the table, but you're already putting up a stop sign. Yeah. And it's the same old, same old. Yeah. That that's overkill perhaps. Right. We, we need to make it fresh. We need to make it friendly and try to keep it short. Most people that we uh, work for, um, they're busy people and they may give you 30 seconds. If it looks interesting, they'll read a little more. They don't want to give up 15 minutes. They don't have that time. So they want to move on. So if you can introduce something to them briefly, make it short, give them a taste. They could always call you or say, look on your website to get additional information on, on different security solutions. Well, Greg, let me ask you another question. Once we move past this pandemic and go back to normal, and you can define that however you wish, what can locksmiths do to prepare for the next storm? And there will be one of some type. So how can they best mitigate its potential impact? We've got to follow the scouting motto. <clears throat> be, be prepared. Mm-hmm. My philosophies. I like to be prepared. You know, we, we look at. And how are you going to prepare other than with your uh, Swiss Army knife? <laughs> As you said, there's always going to be storms. There's, you know, the, the next right. recession is just, you know, two years down the road or seven years down the road. Um, we, we have uh, floods, there's hurricanes, there's power outages. Uh, there's always something going on, an earthquake, uh, no toilet paper on the shelf. There's always something going on that's, that, that's going to affect us. I would consider and suggest that everyone consider making just a standard practice that you're always looking to prepare and do put, do put something down in writing. Um, personally, we have some wildfires out here in California. <clears throat> 2003, um, I remember my, my daughter was younger. She was still in, uh, she was in middle school. And there were some uh, very big fires in Southern California and not too far away from where we live. And we're glued to the TV watching, you know, updates, what's going on. And I'm starting to get nervous. And I know my daughter was getting nervous. I could see it in her face. And I, I always try not to show it in front of her how nervous I was. So we began, we, I started the conversation of, you know, she's like, well, dad, are we, we going to have to leave? And I said, well, I don't know. We don't know that yet. I said, you know, it'd be kind of, it'd probably be a good idea if we, you know, start just as a game, start thinking about, you know, if we were to leave, you know, what would you want to bring with you? You know, and we started talking about that. And then I tried to turn the conversation more to what would we need? What do, what do we need to prepare for? And then pretty soon we started a list. And it's like, you know, we need clothing for three days. Um, you know, bring something warm. Uh, bring two sleeping bags. Uh, bring some food for three days. Uh, let, let's get a case of water out of the closet. Uh, what's important, you know, bring some cash. I'm saying, well, I got to have some cash. 
said the credit card machines might not be working, but mm-hmm. you can buy you something. Um, is the, is the gas tank filled up on the car? Um, you know, all your contact information. And we, we sat down and we, we made an actual list and we put it on the computer. And that was something that we saved. And later on that evening, it, things were getting closer. Uh, it says, hmm, you know, dad's getting nervous. <laughs> um, I said, hey, uh, let's, let's just do a little drill. You know, sometimes the fire department will come knock at your door and they say, you got to get out, you know, in 10 minutes, you got to be out. I says, let's, why don't you uh, pull that list out and let's see, you know, grab everything that we could. And let's f- fill up the Explorer. So we did that. We packed it up and then we went back down and sat down on the couch, and watched TV. And it's like, hmm, I feel good now. I says, I'm ready. I says, if something happened, we had to leave. I feel like we can go and it's like we're out camping. We've got all the resources that we need to give us what we need to be okay. And I think we both got a lot of comfort out of that. And over the years, we've brought that up and kind of, you know, kind of joked about it, but we both nod and look at each other. And now, of course, my my daughter is an adult and she knows why I was doing it. Right. But in consequence, in, in, Later years, we had other wildfire fires that popped up, um, and that would come to mind. Okay, so I'm not going to be caught off guard. You know what is important. What you know, what do I need to get together if I need to survive for three days? And so we we feel better because we're prepared, and I, I carry that same feeling over to um, to the business, and and. We've actually worked on this with staff. We've come up with scenarios, you know, from if there's a power outage. Uh, okay, so how do we shut down all the computers? How do we prepare the building uh, without any power? How do we continue working without any power? And we figure out ways to do that. Um, so we, we, we have to look at your, you know, basic resources, uh, your, your inventory, facilities, uh, our vans, our tools, we have to take care of those because that's what we need to do our work. We look at our staff, what special needs are, are uh, do we have there? Have we communicated to them? Do they know what the situation is? Uh, there's our finances, you know, how, how long are, you know, is this gonna go on? Uh, do we have cash in the bank? Uh, if there's a downturn or we need some immediate funds, um, you know, are our bills paid or are we going to have somebody knocking on our door to kick us out in a few months? Um, and then there's our customers too. If, if you know, it's, it's more than just a, a little blip on the screen, start contacting those customers. When the power goes out, we always get a ton of calls uh, for the access control systems or somebody didn't have it backed up properly or their batteries were, were worn down, we're getting calls. So we started, we made a list and we started proactively calling, just making sure that everything is functioning properly for you and you're up and running. And they appreciate that. Even if everything is great, they're like, hey, I appreciate you looking after us and doing that for us. And we've, we've gotten great feedback on that and a good feeling from our customers. Other, there's, well, there's, whole other list that we could think of 
um, just recently we added uh, battery backup on all of our computers. In the, in the past, it was just our servers, but now we've got it on all of our computers in the office. Um, our master systems are backed up, of course, electronically, electronically backed up, and plus we have uh, paper, and that's, of course, in a fire safe. Um, you've got crucial files, financials or customer information. Those all need to be secured. Your uh, staff, you know, how important are our staffs? That's, uh, you know, without our staff, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be taking care of our customers. Um, we're a big believer in cross-training. Uh, somebody could get sick. Um, you know, people, people pass away, people leave the business, um, you know, so on and so on. We, you got to cross-train. Uh, if somebody needs to sit in on dispatch and take care of the dispatch board, you need more than one doing that. I, I'd imagine they go on vacation once in a while, too. Um, the electronics, the mechanical, the safe people, it's really great to have redundancies on that. Your accounting, who pays the bills? Is it just you or do you have an accountant? Now, what if that person's sick and you're busy? Is somebody else there that can take over that role? So on and so forth. I had an incident um, with credit cards. I don't know, it was about five, six years ago. <clears throat> We're out of the blue. I got a letter and the credit card company, company said that we are no longer uh, going to be providing credit for similar type businesses as yours. And uh, your credit card's going to be shut off, you know, at the end of the week. And this was the credit card I was using for the employees that, that have them, like the uh, outside techs, they all have credit cards. So emergency comes up, they can buy what they need, get the supplies they need, and then also purchasing inside. Well, we were being shut down. And I'm like, well, you can't do this. I said, I need more time. That was our only credit card that had the multiple cards on it to spread around sure. with the staff. So right after that, I applied for two cards with the same capabilities. And I was using one and I had another one, you know, in the file cabinet ready to go. So if there was an issue, I can activate that immediately. And then I would make purchases on that card periodically just to keep that active and working so that if something did happen, happen like that again, or say that the, uh, the cards were lost or were stolen, it could be shut down and we could pick up the other cards immediately. Engaging with your staff is huge. That way they know what's expected, what the plan is, and that if something comes up, they know how to react. It's, it's like the old fashioned fire drills in school. Um, we do this in our safety meetings. Okay, so there's an earthquake, what do you do? You're in the office, what do you do? Uh, you're out in the field. There's an earthquake. What do you do? You know, how do you, you know, call in, uh, check in, make so we know everybody is safe, everybody is secure. Uh, either get out of the building or get secured where you are now. Um, the, I think that's important. It gives everybody uh, the power to know what to do. And when something does come up, believe me, that does come to your mind. You will remember it if you've if you've gone over it occasionally. It will come to mind. Wow. Another thing that uh, we look at is 
the inventory, trying to right size the inventory. I talked earlier about bringing it down, not stocking as heavily certain items that you don't use. Mm-hmm. That's a, a great way to grow your, your backup cash is getting rid of the older, the stale inventory and not stocking as heavy. You know, just we don't need it. Um, we're blessed now in the industry that we can get most materials uh, same day or next. You're in a metropolitan area and you've got a, a distributor of any size. They've, they've got a lot of the A items on the shelf and you can just go there and pick it up. Or you make a phone call and from three states away, you've got it on your doorstep the next day. We don't have to carry as deep as we used to. So in reducing that, you can put the money to work for you or in the bank, better in the business. Um, cutting those unnecessary costs, um, Staying close to your receivables. Don't let the customers go that haven't paid you. Make sure they did get the invoice. Make sure that they acknowledge that they received the invoice and that there's not an issue why they're not paying you. And stay on top of it. There's so many dollars that just kind of float away, especially when there's challenging times and recessions or People go from the 30-day, all of a sudden they're paying you on 60 or 90, and they don't even tell you. Oh, company-wide, we decide we're paying everybody 90 days now. It was a one-way conversation. But yeah. We have to live with it or do something about it. So sure. um, my advice is to stay, try to stay on top of that. That's, that's your payment for all the materials and the labor that you put into those jobs. Also think it's important for us as responsible business owners to pay our vendors on time. Uh, You may have terms where you get a a quick pay discount. And if you've got the money, you can, you know, get additional money back to lower your overall costs. And I know during the 2008 downturn, uh, we always stay current on every, we're blessed, believe me. Uh, We stay current on all of our bills. I try to protect our relationship with our vendors. And so many of them would comment to me and say, Greg, you're one of the few that actually pays us on time and we appreciate you, et cetera, et cetera. And I know because of that, our relationships grew. And sometimes, you know, we had special offers given to us or um, they offered a special education. They would come in and do one-on-ones because they knew we were there. We were good partners with them. Whereas other people that they were supplying or doing work for, they weren't getting paid at all, or they were strung out 90, uh, 120 days. And they were, you know, everybody was hurting. Everybody's, their cash was disappearing. And when they saw our payments coming in, they felt good that they could count on us as so we could count on them. So that's very important. If you can make sure you're you're paying them on time, they'll notice. Believe me. Well, these are these are fantastic uh, ideas here, and all relating to planning. How far a little planning can go. Excellent. So, Greg, any final thoughts for our listeners on our topic today? Yes, Bill. Uh, just some reminders how okay. important our staffs are. We have um, 
you say our, you know, our customers without our customers, we don't exist. And that's very true. Something I learned a long time ago was that our employees, our staff, their customers also, and they need to be happy and satisfied with our company so that they want to stay, they want to contribute, they want to grow with the company. So they need to be treated very similarly to our customers. We need to gain their trust. We need to keep their trust. We need to show that we appreciate them. We care about them. And if you think about that, it's, as a customer, that's, that's everything I want. You know, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have the answers uh, right at the top of your head. But if I know you care about me and you're going to take the time to find the answer for me and help me out, even if it's you're referring me to someone else, I know you took care of me and I'm coming back to you. And I know the employees feel the same way. When they know we say something, we mean it, and they can count on it. So they, they feel they're in a safe zone, even though crazy things are going out around in the world, they know they're in a safe zone when they're at work. It's, it's like they can, they can go to work and they we're just here to contribute and make things happen in here at work. And we don't have to be worried about all the side issues. <clears throat> they feel safe. And they ask for those referrals as we were talking earlier. Uh, those are huge. Uh, continue to renew those goals. They get stale after a while. Maybe we didn't meet the goals. At the beginning of the year, I always, we always discuss at our first um, company meeting the goals for the year. Uh, yes, we come up with the monetary goals, you know, and the dollar amount of sales, but then we always point out different things that we want to do to get to those goals. What are we actually doing? Well, we're going to purchase a new van. Uh, we're going to take on a new technology. We're going to add uh, a new, new support staff so we can get our parts faster, et cetera, et cetera. Something for everyone to look forward to and to work towards to make that happen so that we can match our goals. And they know by matching the goals, it's adding to opportunities for all of us. We have new positions available. We have interesting work. Uh, we have new things to learn so we can continue to learn. So that, that just by renewing those goals, it gets everybody all excited again. And I'm a firm believer that you just got to keep moving. You can't sit still. You got to keep moving. You got to keep improving. If you do that, you'll put yourself in a good position to succeed. As we know, business is not easy. It's hard. It can be hard, but it's so rewarding can be financially, but also in feeling that you're helping someone, not only your staff, but you're helping your customers. So to me, that's that's a, a good measurement of success. Not only you're able to take care of yourself and your family, but your staff and your customers. Now, how good is that? <laughs> Greg, those are excellent points. I'm glad we've shared today. I want to thank you for your participation and uh, the great information you've shared. Thank you, Bill. I want to thank you. Um, I can't wait for the next Aloha convention. <laughs> I really missed it this year. Yes, yes. And I missed seeing all the quality people out there. 
Yes, uh, I agree. I agree. I'm hopeful, hopeful and confident that we're going to have one this year, and uh, I definitely will be there. Me too. All right, Greg. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bill, for putting these on. I think they're helpful for many. Thank you again to Security Pro Supply for sponsoring Locksmith Talk with Aloha. Security Pro Supply is the new parent brand for HL Flake, International Key Supply, HE Mitchell, and McDonald Dash companies. These existing company names will continue to live on, but by bringing them together under the SPS parent brand, they can communicate a unified mission, which is to help you, the security professional, be successful. Be sure to visit them at securityprosupply.com. There you will find links to the existing company's e-commerce sites. You can also take a moment to explore their growing library of educational resources, including the listing of all webinars being offered through Aloha. Once again, that is securityprosupply.com. Thanks so much for listening to Locksmith Talk with Aloha. As your podcast host, William Link, until next time, stay well.